Hey guys, and welcome back to Cine Scoop. So I know it's been a really long time since I uploaded the last episode, and you know it's been Christmas, and I've got a lot of uni assignments um, that have been due in. So my life has kind of been revolving around that um, for the last couple of weeks, but I'm back and. Um, I just thought that today I would go through my top 10 movies of 2019 since we are now in 2020 and um, just a little disclaimer before we get started, um, obviously these are, this is just my opinion and I'm just hoping like from this list um, if anybody hasn't seen a couple of these films or whatever um, people will hopefully go and watch them um, but um, obviously some movies that people might expect to see in there like Parasite and The Lighthouse and Uncut Gems um unfortunately I haven't seen Parasite yet and I have every intention of seeing it um in the near future so that will not be appearing on this list unfortunately but I'm pretty sure from what I've heard if I had seen it it would appear on this list and um because I live in the UK, films like The Lighthouse and Uncut Gems haven't been released here just yet, so um, that's why um, they won't be on this list, because technically they don't count as films of 2019. So with all that being said, um, I hope you guys enjoy this little podcast, and if you want to hear the films that I've cherry-picked as the top 10 of 2019 then please keep on listening as I said it's just my opinion so you don't have to take anything from this podcast you could completely disagree with most of this list and that's absolutely fine um I just know that a couple of people have asked me to do it and um so yeah um I hope you guys enjoy this um it will be in no particular order so I mean there are some films on there that I genuinely cannot decide which I like best so I'm not structuring them in the sense of I find that movie better than that movie and it's not in in order of how much I prefer them so it's just it's just the movies that I've grouped together as the best of the best um for 2019 so yeah please keep on watching if you want to hear more um and I appreciate it thank you guys first movie that is on my top 10 list is the one that I've seen the most recently and that is Little Women directed by Greta Gerwig and I loved this film um it was beautifully shot I thought that all of the cast worked really really well together um and I think that the composition of the sisters was brilliant um Emma Watson Florence Pugh and um Saoirse Ronan and um they were all absolutely fantastic and it felt like when you were watching it that they were actually sisters you know they had these really genuine moments together where they were all gathered in the living room and it was just wonderful to watch and I found myself growing really really attached to each and every one of them um there were some funny moments especially between um Sir Sharon and, and Timothy Chalamet as Laurie um which were lovely and there were some incredibly moving moments I can't emphasize enough how moving this film was for me um Laura Dern as the mother 
was fantastic and for anyone who hasn't seen it or who hasn't read the book I don't want to spoil anything for you um but the plot line of Beth um the sister becoming ill time and time again was just soul destroying for me and I think that this film was wonderful and I'm actually quite surprised at the lack of Best Director nominations for Greta Gerwig for this film thus far. The BAFTAs and the Golden Globes haven't nominated her for it. Um, It's really surprising because she did something interesting with it in the sense that she kept flipping back and forth between... um, adolescence and adulthood and in the seven year period that the film takes place she kept switching back and forth and I think that was really clever because I think if it had stayed chronological it would have become quite boring quite fast but she was able to tie the events of the book together in an order that was really interesting and still symbolic and significant and I thought that was really really good and I have absolutely no comments for the cast I thought they were all brilliant and they were a really magical ensemble that all embodied the characters extremely well um my mum's a massive fan of the book so I I was very interested to hear what her opinion was of the film and the actors in their roles and she loved it she was very happy with all of them so Um, I feel like that was a very good sign but yeah I feel like this film was just beautiful is the only word that I can describe it really Um, and I would recommend anyone to go and see that film just bear in mind maybe take a pack of tissues with you um, because it was very very moving Um, and I just felt like the cast was just so invested in all of it Um, and I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. So yeah, Little Women is the first on my top 10 list. So the next film that I wanted to talk about on this list is Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson. And I think he also wrote the script. Um, now, I think... <laughs> I have my problems with Ryan Johnson stemming from Star Wars The Last Jedi and I was pleasantly surprised by this film um, because when I heard that his name was attached to it and he was helming the film I was like oh dear but I'm glad I gave it a chance and I think that these are the kind of films that Ryan Johnson should stick to because this film was so much fun. So it basically surrounds um, the murder of or suspected murder of a writer with a huge estate and he's played by Christopher Plummer and you know he has a huge family and they are all under suspicion um, including the very very sweet maid played by Anna Diarmas and this film is just hilarious and It takes you in loads of unexpected areas and it had plot twists that weren't necessarily the conventional plot twists in the sense of you find out who it was at the end. It took you in completely different directions um, and kind of subverted my notions of like 
the conventional way to do a murder mystery. Um, so it was a really refreshing film. I thought that the cast were all brilliant. And I think one of the standouts was Daniel Craig as the southern detective Benoit Blanc. I thought he was brilliant. And, you know, at first when he was doing this southern drawl, I couldn't really get used to it. But then as the film gradually moved on I just like was totally obsessed with it I thought it was a brilliant performance and Anna Diarmas as the maid um was also fantastic her scenes with Christopher Plummer were some of my favorite I thought they had really good chemistry and um I thought that their scenes were just really well done and the dialogue was fantastic I loved the quirkiness of some of the characters for example Tony Collette as um the daughter-in-law she was brilliant and weird and you kind of got a sense of you knew who everyone was and you knew that kind of person that they all were and it was really really interesting and I think every actor got that across really really well um and I thought it was brilliant. So yeah, Ryan Johnson, please stick to these kinds of films because Knives Out was genuinely brilliant. And I think anyone who enjoys a murder mystery will love this film. It's kind of like Agatha Christie on steroids in the sense that you're not getting the conventional plot um, of the killer being revealed at the end. It's kind of less conventional than that um which I really enjoyed it was definitely something different so if you're looking for a fun sort of crime comedy thing then Knives Out would be absolutely perfect for you and I think the dialogue and the ensemble cast make it one of my top films of the year film on my list may be a controversial choice for some but it is it chapter two and I was eagerly anticipating the next installment um after the 2017 release of it and I was not disappointed with this film I know some people have criticized it but I actually thought it was brilliant and for someone who's a massive fan of the book I think they held true to the story and to the characters and think that was something really important for me I thought the casting was brilliant um I was especially pleased with Jessica Chastain as Bev because she was someone that I envisioned as adult Bev while reading the book so that was kind of like a dream come true for me and I think that someone that surprised me the most was Bill Hader as Richie because initially when I found out that Bill Hader was going to be Richie I was a little bit sceptical um, because mainly because Richie Tozier is one of my favourite characters in any, anything ever so I was going to be hypercritical about anyone who was put in that role really um, but he surprised me and within the first I don't know five minutes of him opening his mouth and delivering his lines as Richie I was completely sold and he embodied the character for me and 
I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen it yet. I know I've talked to a few people who've seen the first one and haven't got a chance to see the sequel yet, but I love the direction they went in with a couple of characters too, with, you know, unrequited love and that kind of thing. Um, I thought that was brilliant. And I thought that the cast, the adult cast, all matched their child counterparts flawlessly and it was still nice as well to see the child actors back in for a few flashbacks I thought that was really good because I thought the child cast was so stellar in the first one um and I can't really talk about it chapter two without mentioning Bill Skarsgård as Penny Pennywise I still think that Bill Skarsgård does not get enough recognition for his performance as Pennywise it is so brilliant so frightening and so hilarious all at the same time and it was no different in the sequel there are some genuinely funny lines that come from Bill Skarsgård which is very true to the book you know Pennywise is terrifying but he can come out with some funny shit as well and I think that's what is so great about the character but there were a couple of scenes in it chapter two which were genuinely frightening um the scene with the little girl in the baseball stands springs to mind if you've seen the film you will know exactly what I mean (laughs) and um so yeah I think that if you enjoyed the first film you will like part two um it's not necessarily scary um that's coming from someone that is obsessed with horror so maybe don't trust that um but I always see it as not necessarily a horror because the main crux of the novel um and the whole story is these kids and their relationships with each other so I think horror is a strong word for it but it's definitely for me a great adaptation um from the book and I personally wasn't disappointed so yeah if you like the first installment then please give the second one a go um it's quite long I think it clocks in at nearly like three hours um but I didn't even notice I thought it was brilliant and um I was very pleased with the direction they went in so yeah it chapter two maybe some people will disagree but that's just my opinion So in keeping with the whole horror theme, the next movie on my list is Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster of the Hereditary fame. And this film surrounds a girl, a grieving girl, who has lost basically her sister and her parents. Um, And after a a month or so of grieving she agrees to go on a trip to Sweden with her boyfriend and his friends from university and as you can imagine they are studying the Midsummer Festival and they basically it's a cult um there's no other way of putting it um so as you can imagine a lot of weird shit ensues and I had heard so much about this film and I was highly anticipating watching it and 
I thought it was so brilliantly tense and unnerving and bizarre. Um, when it comes to film, I usually like the, the weird kind of stuff, um, the stuff that is it makes you think and it kind of boggles the mind and you're not really sure what you've just seen but it stays in your head for that exact reason because you don't know what to make of it and I think Midsummer is a perfect example of this um there was also an incredibly real believable and raw performance by Florence Pugh as Danny um and the whole film the entire time kept me on the edge of my seat looking searching for sinister undertones to everything that was happening in the film i was trying to understand you know what was planned for these students what was their fate going to be before i actually found it out and of course i was incorrect because ariasta just took you in insane directions um but that was what i liked about it and you know, I thought that the main character of Danny, great name by the way, I'm always going to support a horror film whose titular, you know, role is Danny. Um, but she was relatable, she was annoying, and she grated on you, you know, especially because she was crying and grieving and a little bit whiny, but she was also just so raw and believable and I thought that Florence Pugh's acting was absolutely amazing um and I don't think the film would have been as good without her so yeah um I loved Midsummer. I know that it's kind of split people down the middle some people like it some people aren't so fond of it um but I thought it was brilliant and it's kind of that folk horror thing that I'm a massive fan of so to see that in 2019 um very Wicker Man-esque but in the modern age was really exciting for me and I thoroughly enjoyed it so if you're a horror fan um please check out Midsummer. it's really good um and it will definitely keep you guessing until the very end uh yeah but prepare to be a little bit disturbed um as is usually the case with Ariaster. he's brilliant and I look forward to more things from him in the future so the next film on this list is Ad Astra and that film is kind of um surrounding a well it's a couple of years into the future and it's surrounding an astronaut who is sent on a mission to discover what happened with his father's um ship that went a little bit rogue and uh it's kind of his job to find out what's going on and obviously the path to that is fraught with difficulty um so as you can imagine uh, it's not smooth sailing but i thought this film was absolutely stunning i was literally just mouth open the entire time just marveling at the effects from this film it was all spacey and gorgeous but it was 
convincing as well um especially the scenes where it was on the moon um and they were in these sort of moon buggy things like traveling across the surface the actual scenery in the background was totally convincing i didn't feel at any point that i was watching cgi or something computer generated it was so gorgeous i actually can't emphasize enough how stunning it was and also i think it was one of brad pitt's more brilliant and understated performances he was really subtle in this film and i guess that helped because there was a narration running over the entire thing but his acting was really moving and believable despite the fact that it wasn't over the top like you could see this man was keeping in a lot of emotions and you know at some moments they were just about to rise to the surface but he was obviously very reserved and he kept pushing them back and I thought that you know it's it's one thing to you know shout and scream and all of that kind of thing on the screen and give that kind of performance but it's also incredibly difficult to show someone that's struggling internally with their emotions uh, and to be able to convey that clearly to the audience and I think Brad Pitt did that very very well Um, and this may seem a little bit you know controversial but I would say it's this previous decade's version of 2001 of space odyssey mainly because of the effects and that whole journey in the stars kind of thing ad astra is probably the only film i've seen that could compare in that sense of direction and depth of vision um to stanley kubrick's famed 2001 space odyssey and obviously it's not but I think that for this decade that's just gone, um, Ad Astra is probably our version of that. Um, so yeah, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I enjoyed the plot very much and I thought that Brad's acting was brilliant. So if you're a fan of sci-fi, then this film is for you. Um, the one thing I will say is that it's not it's not Star Wars and it's not Star Trek in the sense that there's not a lot of action or anything like that it's just a really moving story um, just about this man being completely isolated and going on this journey to really find out what happened to his father and him struggling with the whole thing emotionally so um it has a more reserved and understated plot than a lot of sci-fi films, but I thought it was absolutely beautiful, so I would definitely recommend that film. The next film on this list is Joker. Now, most people I know have seen this film, and loved it and I completely understand why I'm also the same um initially I was really dubious about this film because I was just thinking why the hell is this film being made um we shouldn't know anything about the Joker's backstory like he has loads of backstories we're not supposed to know which one is true so the fact that they were 
planning on doing this character study of the Joker, I was initially very against it. But I'd heard such good about this film that I went to see it and I was really, really enthralled by it. And I think I was able to disassociate from the Batman canon in order to enjoy this film. And when I did that, it was brilliant. I do think that this film would have suffered if Joaquin Phoenix had not been in the titular role because plot-wise, I don't think it was that strong. In fact, I do kind of think it was a little bit of a B-Tech taxi driver rip-off. Um, but I think it's testament to Joaquin Phoenix that his acting was able to keep me thoroughly invested in this film. And I think the scene of him you know, with his full makeup on, walking down the corridor of his apartment building and then dancing on the stairs um, is one of my favourite scenes of the year. It was brilliant. And it was a thoroughly enjoyable character study for me. And I thought it was interesting that they gave layers to the Joker's character because obviously that hasn't really been explored before. You know, you just kind of see him as this sort of sicko. And it was interesting that they went in this direction of he has this condition, he's mentally not very well. Um, and, you know, he's kind of downtrodden by the rest of society, kind of un unjustly. And I thought that was, that was interesting because we'd never ever seen the Joker in that kind of perspective before. Um, and it was great I thought that Joaquin was undeniably astonishing in the role and he to me is the heart and soul of the film like without him the film would not be as highly praised I think as it was um but it was really really brilliant and um it was just a film that I sat back and really really enjoyed in the end especially because initially I was so dubious about it but yeah um you've probably seen it already but if you haven't I would 100% give Joker a go it is amazing and full full credit to Joaquin Phoenix who brought this character to life um in a way that no one had ever seen before um so yeah Joker it's a cracking film. So the next film on this list, again, may be a controversial choice for some, but it's The King, star starring Timothy Chalamet. And I know I'm butchering his name, sorry, but I find it really hard to be like Timothée. I don't know, I don't know. I just, I'm not... I'm not good at French, so I just feel stupid saying it like that. Um, but yeah, this film had mixed reviews and I was kind of baffled by the fact that some people were so negative about it. So the whole film is kind of the story of Henry V and his rise or his ascension to the role of the king after his father's death. And it definitely borrows a great deal from you know 
Shakespeare and Shakespeare's telling of this tale um, in Henry IV Part One and whatnot. Um, but what was so brilliant as well that it it kind of it borrowed what it needed from Shakespeare, but then it took it in its own little direction and historical telling of this man. Um, and you know, people were complaining about Timothy not being a good leading man. I actually thought he was brilliant in the role as Henry V. Um, and I thought that Joel Edgerton as Falstaff was also brilliant. He was lovable and I thought that him and Timothy, their scenes together were amazing. And he had a brilliant northern accent, um, which is always, you know, pleasant to hear in a film uh, when people get it right. <laughs> and I, I thought that Robert Pattinson's pomp and circumstance performance as the Dauphin was just a fucking delight. I am obsessed with his, with his performance in that film. It was just so over the top. Um which was kind of brilliant because it was a complete contrast to Timothy's performance as Henry V. Um, I also appreciated the historical accuracy of the setting and the costume design. Someone that did a history degree, it's always annoying to see, you know, blatant um, creative license in films that are supposed to be based in history. And obviously, the king did these as well, but I think that with regards to setting and and clothing and, and that kind of stuff, they, they actually got it pretty spot on. Like, the mistakes were not as noticeable as in perhaps other historical films. Um, yeah, I thought that this film was great another thing I liked as well which is a very small point but for me it's important is the fact that um they swore in it and that may sound like a really weird point to bring up but it always kind of annoys me when films portray people in the past as like not swearing and running the mouth especially like kings and queens and that kind of thing and I think that's why I enjoyed BBC's Wolf Hall so much because you know the lords and the king were just like effing and jeffing the entire time so for me the king was good because it was kind of like while it portrayed aspects from Shakespeare's narrative it kind of turned it into a more raw and realistic style um I just thought it was brilliant I think that the film got far too much criticism um and in actuality, I thought it was really good in both performance and cinematography and setting and whatnot. Um, I actually thought it was really brilliant. And if you do enjoy a historical drama, I think you should uh, give this a go. Um, it's just, it's just really fantastic, honestly. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It's a little bit long-winded. But I didn't really notice that too much when I was watching it because I was so immersed in the whole thing. So yeah, The King. It's on Netflix. So if you have a spare couple of hours, I would give it a go. Um, it's a really brilliant film. So 
the next film that I want to mention in this list is another Netflix production and it is Dolomite Is My Name and it stars Eddie Murphy and this film is kind of surrounding a failed or you know sort of struggling comedian of sorts who is you know he's come up with this character for himself Dolomite and it becomes incredibly popular in the um, bar scenes where he debuts it and there's such a buzz about this new act of his that he wants to create a movie um, surrounding this character and it's kind of about his efforts to make this film with his friends and the kind of struggle that they go through and how resourceful they are and you know those moments where you know you think it's not going to happen for them and that whole kind of thing and then the eventual triumph I really adored this story of you know these self-made people um that are completely doing this production off their own back and I thought it was a really amazing and important film especially for showing parts of black history and you know that kind of surge of black exploitation films in the 70s and I think that it's great that films like this um around these subjects are being made and it was also amazing to see Eddie Murphy back on top form he was absolutely hilarious in this film and I absolutely loved it um he was just brilliant like he hit every beat every nuance and I'm definitely going to check out the real um Dolomite film um at some point having watched this film because it just made me kind of like fall in love with the whole thing and you know it showed actual clips from the film and that just made me want to see it even more and you know when you watch the person that Eddie Murphy was actually playing and when you put them sort of side by side with each other like the credits did towards the end um you actually realise how dedicated to this role Eddie Murphy was. And, um, yeah, I thought it was hilarious and so much fun, but also kind of moving at the same time because you were rooting for these people to do really well. And um, you kind of really felt their desperation and the struggle that they were going through, their heartbreak at the possibility of this film not coming to fruition. So... Yeah, I thought this film was amazing. Again, if you have a couple of spare hours, watch it on Netflix because it's absolutely brilliant. And one thing to look out for is Wesley Snipes' fucking brilliant performance um, the, as the director of this movie that they're trying to create. Um, it's eccentric and it's weird, but it's absolutely brilliant and kind of stole the show for me. It's so much fun. So yeah, Dolomite is my name. Give it give it a watch um for me it was a really unexpected gem of 2019 
So the penultimate film on this list is the famed Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was kind of bound to like this film from the get-go because it's an amalgamation of many of my favourite actors, Leo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, um, so many that when I read the cast list I was near enough ready to explode with excitement. Um, But I loved this film. It was kind of a swan song, a beautiful swan song to the close of the golden age of Hollywood and you know despite her being kind of like a background character in the film it told Sharon Tate's story the way it should have played out and tragically it did not Um, it was kind of the perfect modern fairy tale um, with obviously some gross creative um inserts from quentin tarantino the scene of the stoned out of his fucking brain cliff booth played by brad pitt facing off against the manson kids was nothing short of iconic um and it was just classic sick as fuck tarantino all at the same time um so I absolutely loved it. Um, for me, that was a standout scene. And I thought that Brad, Brad's had a great year in 2019 because in this film, he gave one of his more effortless performances, just completely stealing the show, kind of whatever scene he was in. Um, and Leo DiCaprio's performance made me just howl with laughter. I thought that him and... Brad worked really well because they were kind of the antithesis of each other. Brad's character was really, really chilled and laid back and cool as a cucumber. And Leo was this ball of frantic, anxious energy that was, you know, just fizzling and crackling with energy. And the scene of Leo basically talking to himself in his trailer after messing up his lines on set is just comedy genius for me and it's such a brilliant brilliant piece of acting um I think that this this film is just really nice because it kind of gives tribute to Sharon Tate without her being made as this fully realised character not necessarily as she was that's why it's kind of brilliant for me that she's a background character instead because Rick and Cliff are Tarantino's inserts that take precedence and they take the the main um, dialogue and the main sense of character Um, but in order for them to be there it means that Sharon is kind of saved from this horrific ending that she did not deserve um and you know throughout the whole film I was kind of dreading the scene of her death and it kind of made me really really tense throughout 
because I was just thinking, when is it going to come? It's going to be awful. Um, but then Tarantino does this like really subversive thing um, with the film. Um, and he kind of tells it in his way that many of us wished it would have happened, in fact. So for me, this film is amazing and I love it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's funny and it's tense at the same time and it has some absolutely gross, almost slapstick violence in it um, from Tarantino, but it's brilliant. So if you haven't watched the film already, I would 100% give it a go. I think, you know, with a cast like it has, it was bound to just be absolute magic. Um, So yeah, um, great year for Brad Pitt. I'm glad that this film is getting the recognition that it deserves um because i thought it was fantastic so yeah hopefully many more awards for this film to come during award season but yeah um definitely one of the best films of 2019 for me final film on my list for the top 10 movies of 2019 is of course The Irishman obviously um, I couldn't make a list with of 2019's greatest hits without this film being there this is Scorsese on top form for me it has astonishing performances both subtle from Joe Pesci and earth shattering from Al Pacino and I waited for this film for a long long time um, since it was announced that it was coming to fruition in 2015 and it did not disappoint in any way shape or form I thought that um, the cast was absolutely stellar and each of them completely embodied their roles and but also made them their own and I just thought it was absolutely brilliant part of me was kind of worried about the whole CGI de-aging thing of um, the characters but a a minute in to Robert De Niro being de-aged I could didn't even notice it anymore it was actually really really brilliant and I just thought this film was amazing it's very long but again you don't really notice it going by it just kind of flies by especially because I'm just I was just so immersed in the whole thing and it was so nice to see Joe Pesci back um on the screen and for him to, you know, sort of not be acting for a while like he has been, and then to come back and give a performance like this is astonishing. He is so brilliant. Um, He gives this really subtle, kind of insidious performance um, as Russell Buffalino, and then you have... Um, this really strong performance from Robert De Niro helming the entire thing. Um, He's kind of this stoic 
middleman that's being pulled back and forth um, between Joe Pesci and Al Pacino and Al Pacino being Jimmy Hoffa, which is just brilliant. I think that the energy that Al Pacino brings to the role of Jimmy Hoffa is amazing, especially considering his age. It's just wonderful. And to see these actors on screen together for me is just a delight because I'm a massive fan of all of them. And it's just it's just astonishing. Like I would be here for hours talking about how much I loved this film and the things that I loved about it. Because for me, I feel like we won't see films like this again because it's it's so quintessentially Scorsese and it's so quintessentially him on top form and obviously him working together with these actors that are probably the greatest actors of all time. We just won't see films like this again, so this film means a huge deal to me and I'm really, really happy that I finally got to see it after like four fucking years of waiting. But here we are and it's brilliant, so if you're a fan of films like The Godfather and Goodfellas and, you know those kinds of films then this is something to really sink your teeth into and I think it's something that films in the last decade have been severely missing so it was wonderful to get this level of Scorsese goodness back again Um, it gave me life it gave me all I needed and it really topped off 2019 for me so um yeah the irishman another netflix um production netflix have been absolutely killing it this year so um if you have netflix and you have a spare couple of hours please please watch this film um i'm sure you will enjoy it it's really quite tense and intense and um you find yourself kind of growing quite attached to the characters in it and the relationships that form between them it's frustrating and it's annoying because they're all fucking stubborn men but it's a great retelling of a historical moment in time such as the death of Jimmy Hoffa so yeah can't recommend this film enough and I better shut up because I'll be here all day talking about it if I don't so yeah um the Irishman topping off the top 10 movies of 2019 list for me. So that was my list, my top 10 list of movies from 2019. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and just listening to me ramble about my greatest hits um, from the year that has just passed. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, um, whether you agree or disagree, or if there's a particular film that you loved um, from this year um, that was on this list, Um, or even if there are films from this year that's just passed that you think I've missed, um, you can uh, message me on my Twitter, at Richie Tosias, but the E in Richie is a four. I don't know, all the other domain names were taken, and I needed to pay tribute to my boy with my username so 
I had to um but yeah you can message me on there and um hopefully um you guys will have enjoyed this um whether you agree with some of the choices or not um but I just wanted to thank you guys so much for listening and I'm really really excited for some of the upcoming films in 2020 so yeah 2019 has been probably one of the best years in recent memory for film um and I'm really really chuffed with some of the releases um of the previous year so um hopefully here's to many more in 2020 there's a lot of projects upcoming that I'm very very excited about the first one being The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers which I need to see like it's been released in the US for a while and the UK are only just getting it this month so I'm literally going to claw my way to the cinema any cinema to go and see it because it sounds right up my street and apparently the performances from Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are amazing so yeah that is one of the many film projects that I'm very very excited for this year um and obviously we've got the Oscars coming up which are nerve-wracking for me because there were so many films that I loved from this year and so many performances so I'm kind of torn about five different ways for who I want to win the Best Actor um, awards. So, yeah, Oscars night is going to be a wild one for me. Um, But thank you so much for listening to this podcast and um, hopefully I will catch you in the next Cine Scoop app. But thanks for now. Bye, guys.